Welcome into the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by John DeShazer, and we have a special guest on today's show, Jeff Dickerson, who comes to us from ESPN NFL uh, Chicago out there covering the Bears. Jeff, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Of course. Happy to have you. Now, Jeff, I did cheat a little bit. I looked in your Twitter bio, and I saw that you are the Loyola TV analyst. Now, I went to Loyola, New Orleans. I'm not going to you know, have the claim to fame to Loyola, Chicago, and the, the men's basketball team there. But I have to ask, do you know Sister Jean personally? Well, I don't know if I would say, say personally, because I think her, I think her like uh, – her connection circle of people that she has acquaintances with is probably uh, in the million. <laughs> uh, I certainly uh, see her every game that I, I call on television for Loyola. She's always visible. She's, she's just awesome. So may, maybe one day I'll, I'll get to make that real personal connection. But right now I'm just, I'm more of a fan than anything else. Sounds like you're saying Sister Jean's got a posse. Is that, is that correct? <laughs> I think that would be very, very correct. I mean, uh, she definitely has a crew about her. Uh, when she travels, she probably rolls about 10, 15 deep, and uh, she's just she's just remarkable. And uh, it really was cool, just just from my standpoint. Quickly, you know, I've, I've been doing the Loyola games uh, since Porter Moser took over as head coach, like eight or nine years ago, and there was a very small following back then. And to see it grow and grow, and to see Sister Jean get more and more pub, it was really fun because she had been there the entire time. The difference is when you start winning, I guess, people take notice. <laughs> exactly. She's running 10-15 deep with her posse. I guess she and Carolina are on the same plane pretty much. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, we're going to slide into the into the football game this weekend. And, and the Bears 3-2, and two, only a game back in the loss column uh, in the NFC North. How's the mood there right now? We know Mitchell Trubisky looks like he's going to be back at quarterback this week. But how's the mood in Chicago around the Bears right now? I, I would say very restless. Um, it was a bad loss to the Raiders going into the bye. And yeah, they're 3-2, and two, but the offense has looked horrible almost the entire year with the exception of when Chase Daniels stepped in for Trubisky and they beat the Vikings at home back in week four. I think there's a lot of people wondering what the deal is with Trubisky long term. I don't think there's a lot of public trust in him right now. I think people look at the Saints defense and what they've accomplished this year and say, uh-oh, you know, Trubisky could be in for a long afternoon on Sunday. But defensively, the Bears are fine. They lose Akeem Hicks, former Saints, as you guys know. That's a big loss for them. But still, you don't think defensively they're going to fall off a cliff or anything. But with Trubisky, a quarterback, you just don't know, given how limited he's shown he's been. So I think fans are anxious. I'd say restless. I don't know if they're as optimistic as they were going into the season. Um, but certainly uh, Sunday is a huge turning point game for the Bears, regardless of what happens. Now, Jeff, I know fans can be restless, obviously, but but is that as much a sign of the times, the restlessness with Trubisky? Because he's a young quarterback, obviously, and I know people don't have the patience that they used to have or that we all used to have, uh, especially when a guy is drafted high. Uh, but it, it, does it seem or sound realistic that – you know, the expectations placed on Trubisky, considering his relative inexperience kind of measures up to, to, to what, you know, the expectations should be? I think that, I think Trubisky has a couple things working against him. I think, number one, um, he'll never live down the fact that the Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes. So sadly got hurt, as we all saw last night. But Patrick Mahomes is a first ballot Hall of Famer one of these days. 
They could have had Deshaun Watson, who is head and shoulders better than Trubisky. So that that's always going to hurt that Trubisky went second overall, and the Bears actually moved up one spot to get him as opposed to taking Mahomes or Watson. And then you look at those other two quarterbacks, and you say, well, wait a minute. Once Mahomes got his shot, he was great. When Watson started as a rookie, before he got hurt, he was fabulous. This is year three now for Trubisky, yeah. and there's been little growth to speak of, certainly this year. Now, last year he was better than he was the year before, but it was a better offense, better weapons, better everything. This year there's just there's been nothing. It's been no growth. I think that's very concerning to people. Why is he not getting better? Why is it as if he's almost regressed? So I think when you're drafted as high as he is, unfortunately, you're going to have those expectations. And Mahomes and Watson have done him no favor. So, I mean, is it fair? I, I would say probably yes, because he can change the narrative if he plays well. But really, you look at his games this year, except for that Washington game, and the Redskins are abysmal in the secondary. He had three touchdowns. Even that game, he missed a lot of open throws. He just has not played well enough this year to make people feel comfortable that after the bye week here, the Bears are going to go on some sort of run with Trubisky making a lot of great plays at quarterback. It just hasn't happened yet. Jeff, can you touch a little bit on the the Bears defense? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Akeem Hicks going on IR, uh, but you still have you know a great player in Khalil Mack and a, and a pretty formidable defense. Can you touch a little bit uh, on the Saint, on the Bears defense? Excuse me, and how they're going to recover and kind of accommodate uh, with the loss of Akeem Hicks? Yeah, I mean, I mean Hicks is a huge loss in in the run game. He's a big physical guy up front. Now, the Bears did not play particularly well on defense against the Raiders in London. Oakland ran the ball successfully against them, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, the Bears got right later in the game, but at that point, when you spot a team 21 points with this Bears offense, it's hard to win. They came back, but they fell apart at the end. Yeah, I mean, look, it is a great offense with Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson. Um, you know, the cornerbacks, Prince Mukamura and Kyle Fuller, both are coming off good seasons. Dane Trevathan's a solid inside linebacker. Roquan Smith, you know, he's, he's had some issues this year. He missed a game because of personal reasons. They deactivated him. Um, he hasn't played as well as I think they thought he'd play this year, but there's still a lot of talent there. I mean, I think defensively against Teddy Bridgewater, I think the Bears will be okay. I think it'll be a very good game on Sunday. But with that, with our, the question is, you know, can the Bears offensively do enough to make enough plays to complement their defense. And thus far, it, it, has, it has been a real struggle in that department. But, you know, I think there was some concern that the Bears' defense would level off after uh, Vic Fangio left for Denver and Chuck Logano came in. It hasn't happened yet, but I, like everyone else, I'm very curious to see how they adjust with, without Hicks because Khalil Mack gets all the headlines, but I'm telling you, Akeem Hicks does most of the dirty work inside. Well, Jeff, can those guys be satisfied? Or can Bears fans be satisfied with a you know, 14-10 win? Because uh, <laughs> we understand what you're saying about Trubisky, but around here we've seen some close ones, uh, 12-10 against Dallas and 13-7 against Jacksonville and both you know, part of the Saints' four-game winning streak. And I won't say Saints fans are ecstatic, but you know, it's a four-game winning streak and they're pretty satisfied. But I guess the expectations are different with Teddy Bridgewater. But still, uh, the Saints have learned that they probably have to win a different way. Is that kind of you know, getting into the Bears thinking that 
you know, as of now, we'll, we might have to win just a different way, and it might just have to be low scoring that way. I, I think so. I, I think they have to scale it back for Trubisky. I think they're going to. I think he's going to have to run more, which is complicated because, as you guys know, he's coming off a shoulder injury. Yes. So, I mean, his left shoulder was dislocated. He has a slight labrum tear. But how much does Matt Nagy call those design runs? How much does Trubisky run on Sunday? Because, quite frankly, that's the best part of his game. He's not a pocket passer yet. Maybe he'll never be. Maybe he will be. He's not refined in that area. He's a very good athlete. He's got pretty good instincts. He, he can make plays on the move when he's not thinking. But how much is that going to be hindered by his shoulder? And I'll say this for Saints fans. I mean, to be where the Saints are without Drew Brees, um, that's fantastic. So, I mean, if I'm a Saints fan, I would say win any way you can because we're going to get Brees back. And the defense is really good. So we're in good shape. The problem for the Bears is they're getting their quarterback back. No one's excited. Chase Daniel is, an, is a, you know, he's just a, a backup. I mean, he did a nice job coming in against the Vikings. Wasn't as good against the Raiders. That's kind of been his M.O. He only has five career starts in, what, 10, 11 years? Yes, exactly. There's a reason for that. Yeah. So, look, would Bears fans take an ugly win? Absolutely. But there's not that sense of excitement like, okay, better days around the horizon here in Chicago. Like, I'm sure that's the feeling in New Orleans because the Saints are getting their quarterback back. The Bears have theirs, and, well, I think we've seen the results so far. It hasn't been very good. Well, I'll tell you what now, Jeff. There's got to be some excitement and exuberance and just almost elation over the Bears having a kicker. They've got a kicker now, right? <laughs> they do. They do. The long national search, the long national nightmare is over for a kicker. And, yeah, you know, that, and that's a small little element to Sunday's game I think it's important to note is that Eddie Pinheiro had been dealing with a, with a pinched nerve in his knee, and it had affected his field goals. He hasn't been kicking off. They've been using their punter, Pat O'Donnell, to handle kickoffs. He's done a pretty good job. I know right now uh, Eddie Pinheiro on Friday is at Soldier Field practicing away from the team. He'll be back at the team facility later on Friday. So I think the week off, like most teams say, well, we want to buy week eight, you know, week nine, mid midpoint of the season. But for the Pinheiro – I think the buy came at a really good time. So I do have confidence that he'll convert his opportunities this weekend. How many of those will he get? We'll, we'll have to see. But, but yeah, I think of you know the biggest concern going into the year should have been the quarterback, but it was the kicker. And now the kicker's okay, but the quarterback is still a major question mark here. Of course. Well, uh, Jeff, we'll let you go. But before we let you go, we want to ask you our seat geek question. Uh, you know, Saints fans travel well, and I, I would guess that some Saints fans are going to make the trip out there to Chicago, especially since the weather is not going to be too, too bad. Uh, but do you have any top places that they need to go, restaurants, fun things to do, any any go-to places that you tell visitors to come to when they go to New Orleans? I mean, Chicago. Well, there's, there's no Bourbon Street, as you guys know, in <laughs> Chicago, sadly. I, I spent a lot of money on Bourbon Street a couple years ago before that Bears uh, – Game. We uh, also come to it. We also look, come to it. You cannot go wrong if you're downtown and on the, on the Magnificent Mile. It's amazing. Michigan Avenue, there's tons of shopping. There's tons of great restaurants, great high-end bars, clubs at night. So if you really want to have fun, just take an Uber, take a cab from your hotel down to the Magnificent Mile, and uh, turn yourself loose for the rest of the day. You're Ryan Lake, Michigan. It's beautiful scenery. 
And uh, trust me, you, you can't go more than, you know, a block without having a great time. All right, Jeff. Well, we appreciate you uh, for coming on the show today. Make sure you follow Jeff on Twitter at Dickerson ESPN. He has a, a bunch of great Bears content for you if, if you're into that kind of thing. Jeff, we appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Have a great, have hey, a great rest of your day. Okay? Thanks, Jeff. All right, that was Jeff Dickerson, and he answered our SeatGeek question. SeatGeek, if you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of tickets and sites and shady pricing. But with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners, yes, you, listening to this New Orleans Saints podcast, will get $20 off of their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. So make sure you download it and use the code GOSAINTS at checkout. That's code GOSAINTS, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. SeatGeek, save the best deals on tickets. All right, let's go ahead and transition over to Fantasy Football Friday with our fantasy Good. football I just want you analyst. I that Derek, Derek came in on his day off in order to do this, all the way from Destrahan, which I thought was like <laughs> the other side of the earth, uh, which apparently it's not. So he is dedicated to this fantasy football thing. So yeah, great job. Yeah, Thanks very, for coming in. No problem. Very dedicated to make the, the 20 minutes drive down here <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh Derek you did pretty well last week we talked about it um obviously on last fantasy football Friday and and you pretty much hit all the marks on what you said last week yeah yeah I did, did all right <laughs> yeah I mean I know you're talking about um about you know it's a game of luck and things like that and but I mean you put your research in so does it ever feel good to know like that you did really well this week and that the, the work and the research that you put in actually paid off. Absolutely. Absolutely. There were, there were uh, several names from last week that, that I uh, really liked, uh, such as Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Adrian Peterson. They all ended up working out, but uh, it's like we were talking before we went on the air here. Um, it it kind of bites you sometimes. Yeah. The law of averages plays a big role in this game. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen this week. Of course. So let's go over uh, some of the people that, you were talking about last week that that were going to do well, and then obviously you had uh, Jared Goff, who you put on the sit-em list, which I was kind of surprised about, but he ended up having no point or close to no point. So let's go over some of the people you mentioned, some of them already uh, that you said and and how they did last week. Yeah, so uh, Robbie Anderson, um, he was a guy that he was coming back with with Sam Darnold. Mm. Uh, Sam Darnold was the Jets quarterback that got hurt earlier this year. Uh, once he got back into the game. His receivers got a little bit of a boost, so uh, both he and and Jamison Crowder uh, did very well. Uh, I think Crowder ended up with six catches for 98 yards. Uh, Robbie Anderson had five catches for 125 yards. Uh, Adrian Peterson was another guy I liked last week. Uh, we, we we heard during the week that Washington wanted to start using a feature back, and Adrian Peterson ended up being that guy. He got mm -hmm. 23 carries for 118 yards, and I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. Absolutely not. Well, you know, uh, we know that you did well on the, the advice that you gave us, but individually, how did you do in your uh, teams? You're in four, right? I'm in three. three. I'm in three. So um, last week was a good week for me. I ended up going 3-0. and oh. um, This week's going to be kind of tough sledding, though, uh, but – not to get too deep into the woods for my own leagues, but I have McCaffrey and Kamara on one team in my keeper league. Obviously, um, McCaffrey is on a bye week this week. Kamara, we're going to wait until the injury report comes out today, right. but he's been hobbled, so he, he may not play this weekend. Um, and 
Also, on two of my legs, I have Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Obviously, he went down yesterday with the injury, and my I think he ended up with like eight or ten points, depending on your scoring format. I'm going to feel that this week, and uh, so I'm going to have to be scrambling looking for a quarterback. Yeah, it seems like it's just been like the plague of the quarterback this year. I mean, you always have injuries every year, but it seems like this year more than others, it's been kind of just like gruesome injuries for our, the quarterbacks in this league. I mean, you look at the – I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's wasn't gr- gruesome, but Mason Rudolph, he had a gruesome injury. And then last night, Patrick Mahomes, just watching them pop his his kneecap back into place was disgusting. I'm yeah. not I'm not a huge fan of watching stuff like that. Yeah, but, that, um, was, that was tough to watch. <laughs> but it, it's just – what do you do from a fantasy perspective when you have all of these key quarterbacks that people are really depending on go down and then you have backups who you can't really – Mm-hmm. depend on or or guess on how well they're going to do unless you have Chase Daniel who you know has been a backup for a while and you know he's going to be kind of consistent but what do you do from a fantasy perspective when you have these high caliber quarterbacks go down well I think what you need to do is tip first temper your expectations mm-hmm. you're not going to go on a waiver wire and get a guy that's going to put up 30 40 plus points a game like I'm at home so you you, you really need to make sure that you find a quarterback that is consistently putting up decent numbers, you know, nice 20-point games, 200-plus yards, two touchdowns, Yeah, those type of games, and you want to look at weekly matchups. Who's going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the world that have a, a low-ranked passing defense? Um, so this week, one of the guys I like, if you're looking for that one-week pop, would be Daniel Jones, uh, the Giants' rookie quarterback. Uh, he started off real strong against Tampa Bay, had a big game, then he's he's kind of been spotty here the last few weeks, but – he has a real interesting matchup this week going against the Arizona Cardinals defense. Uh, they've given up the second most fantasy football points to quarterbacks this year. Wow. And he's only 32% owned. So if you're looking for that one-week fix, he might be a guy to look towards. Another guy that I spoke about several weeks back, but I think that moving forward here, the remainder of the year, he has a very good schedule. It's Gardner Menchu, mm. the quarterback out in Jacksonville. This week he's going up against Cincinnati, who's given up the sixth most fantasy points. And he's also has a very favorable schedule here over the next several weeks. So look for a guy like that. And if you're also, if you're having a quarterback issue, make sure that you're paying close attention to your other spots on your team. Make sure you're maximizing them as always. Defenses, kickers, you're going to need those, those points. Those single, those five, six points, they're going to matter at the end. Man, that Jacksonville game seems like it was an eternity ago uh, for the the Saints versus Jacksonville. I feel like I was just thinking about Garner Minshew, and then I was like, man, we played him a while back, and I was like, no, oh. we played him just <laughs> last week. That yeah, it yeah. seems like forever ago. Yeah, and he, he's yeah, we we got the best of him, yeah. but I don't expect very many more weeks like that for him. He's he's going to bounce back. I, I I said it, I think in week two, I, I think the Saints defense was underrated. Yeah, and they shut him down, but I think Garner Minshew's still a good player, and he's gonna uh, he's gonna shine here. Absolutely. Well, uh, before I let you go, our sleepers this week. So you've you've done your research on the waiver wire. Uh, you're looking at you know matchups going into this week. You already mentioned Gardner Minshew, but who are some of the the people that some people should be looking out for as as sleepers? Yeah, another another guy that I'm kind of surprised is only six. He's less than sixty percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Is DK Metcalf? He's a mm-hmm. wide receiver out in Seattle, rookie. Uh, so Seattle just lost their starting tight end, Will Disley, who's been doing great this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be out for, looks like, the year. Um, he's a guy that's 6'3", 230 pounds, big target for Russell Wilson. I expect his targets to go up. Those Disley targets are going to have to get spread out elsewhere, so look for Metcalf to be a, a benefactor in that situation. Another guy I like is, is our guy, Latavius Murray. Uh, so 
obviously, once again, we're going to wait and see what that injury report looks like today with Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. But even if he does play, I would expect Murray's volume to, to come up a little bit uh, just just to help yeah. with uh, the Kamara situation. Absolutely. Uh, so Chicago's defense has a reputation of being great, but they're really middle of the pack as a run defense, uh, ranked 15th in the league. Uh, and they're also losing Akeem Nix this week. Mm-hmm. So look for Murray to, to, to kind of shine this week. Um, and it, lastly, if you have a desperate, desperate need for a running back, one guy I like is the Patriots running back, Brandon Bolden. He scored touchdowns each of the last three weeks. He's not going to get a lot of volume for you, but he's getting some red zone looks. So I'm not advocating you go out and get him unless you have a desperate need at a running back spot or at a flex position. All right, well, perfect. That'll that'll do it for this week's fantasy football. We appreciate you coming by for our, to be our fantasy football analyst, Derek. Uh, we appreciate you, and that'll do it for today's uh, New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Make sure you're tuning into the game on Sunday. It'll be out at Soldier Field at 3:25 p.m. Central. You can watch the game on Fox, or of course, you can listen in on WWL 8:70 a.m. with your own Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister. Thanks to Jeff and JD and, of course, Derek for joining us on the show today. We'll tune back in next week on Monday to do a recap of the Bears game. Hope everyone has a safe weekend, and thanks for tuning in.